0: Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Hey guys, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here today with Brad. Hello there. <laughs> and uh, we are reading over basically the same story twice today. That's that's definitely what it's going to feel like if you listen to the reading. Um, but basically what it is, is the story of the king of Assyria sieging the city of Jerusalem. And it's kind of about like how King Hezekiah responds to that. Um, so as we're reading over this, Brad, what what is something that stuck out to you? So one of the things I like seeing in
0: here is uh, towards the end in Isaiah 37, Um, we have this kind of spoken out of against this king of Assyria of just how God is frustrated with his pridefulness. Um, He kind of was, you know, jumping up and down and going, hey, look what we did. Um, We did all these amazing things. And uh, God is reminding him that that is just not the case, that he has forgotten the history. He's forgotten all of the things that have Laid the foundation for exactly what happened, happening, and uh, that's kind of what's an important part is is really remembering our story, remembering the history here. And Isaiah is kind of pointing it out and saying, "Hey, look, you know, the fact that there are wells here that were dug hundreds of years ago led up to this. The fact that there are roads that there are, that we took down the trees here, like all of those things mattered." and I laid the foundation for that. It wasn't your victory, it was mine. Mm-hmm. And he's reminding them
1: who really is in charge. It is pretty interesting because this is like like the the passage you're referencing, it's God like calling out the king of Assyria, who's basically like the bad guy in the story. Um because he's like too prideful and just claiming all these victories for himself. And what's interesting to me is especially as we think about like God's character, like what can we learn about God? is that he does the same thing to the people of Israel when they are claiming all this power that they have. Like, we've we've seen this happen several times where the Israelites are like, look at us, we're so awesome. And God's like, no, the only reason you have this is because I gave it to you. Um, and so here we have the king of Assyria. Uh, we saw a little bit of this yesterday where he's just essentially bragging about how he's been able to just take over, like, huge swaths of countries and cities and kings. Um, and here he is at the door of Jerusalem and God's like, yeah, you know what? You were only able to do this because I let you do this. Uh, and we, we actually know too, that the Northern tribe of Israel, we've been doing these short little history lessons. The Northern tribe of Israel has already been, uh, Northern kingdom rather has already been defeated by the Assyrians. And so we've actually seen in a lot of detail, the actual story of how they became so prideful and God judged them, um, using the Assyrians. So here the Assyrians are in Judah, uh, Hezekiah's response is much different. Hezekiah says, we need to humble ourselves and pray about this. And God's like, okay, like I I can definitely honor that. Uh, one of the things that we see here is God is going to work in a miraculous way uh, to save the city of Jerusalem and the people of Judah. Um, so it's it's pretty cool to see that God is actually continuing this, the same in what he requires. Um, it's also very cool to see his sovereignty over these these countries, these nations, these kings, like God's like, Hey, I'm in all of this.
0: I love that. I, I, one of the things that kind of makes me laugh in this passage is God comes down and kind of says, well, you know what? A lot of times what our prayers are, you know, how often have we prayed for God to just lead us to tell us his direction And, you know, to tell us what our next steps are. I mean, I've said that prayer millions of times, I think, in my life. And he actually comes down and says, in not the nicest, pleasant way, I'm going to do exactly that. I am going to put my hook in your nose and take you by the bit, and I will make you go this direction that you're going. Um, And just kind of reminding them of the power uh, that he has over them.
1: Yeah, it's like, a, like an actual personification of what's going to happen. And what's cool, Chelsea talked about this a little bit yesterday, so if you, if you uh, didn't listen yesterday, you should go back and listen to it. Um, we have this situation where what the Bible says and what historical documents, like the records of the King Sennacherib, we have them, we can read them, um, they say very similar things. Like the king says basically like, well, this other thing came up that I had to deal with, and so we had to leave. And the Bible says God, God put a hook in his nose and drug him away. <laughs> so d- depending on which side of history you are, you can, uh, you can decide which one you're cool with. Um, but what's very interesting to me is that this is God's sovereignty laid out in a very clear way. We can actually look at historical records and see the same thing. Uh, that God is at work here on behalf of Hezekiah, who is a, a good and faithful king. It's pretty cool. Yep, Definitely. Second Kings 19 When King Hezekiah heard their report, he tore his clothes and put on burlap and went into the temple of the Lord. And he sent Eliakim, the palace administrator, Shebna, the court secretary, and the leading priests all dressed in burlap to the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos. They told him, this is what the King Hezekiah says, Today is a day of trouble, insults, and disgrace. It is like when a child is ready to be born, but the mother has no strength to deliver the baby. But perhaps the Lord your God has heard the Assyrian chief of staff, sent by the king to defy the living God, and will punish him for his words. Oh, pray for those of us who are left. After King Hezekiah's officials delivered the king's message to Isaiah, the prophet replied, Say to your master, this is what the Lord says. Do not be disturbed by this blasphemous speech against me from the Assyrian king's messengers. Listen, I myself will move against him, and the king will receive a message that he is needed at home. So he will return to his land, where I will have him killed with a sword. Meanwhile, the Assyrian chief of staff left Jerusalem and went to consult the king of Assyria, who had left Lachish and was attacking Libna. Soon afterward, King Sennacherib received word that King Tikirna of Ethiopia was leading an army to fight against him. Before leaving to meet the attack, he sent messengers back to Hezekiah in Jerusalem with this message. This message is for King Hezekiah of Judah. Don't let your God, in whom you trust, deceive you with promises that Jerusalem will not be captured by the king of Assyria. You know perfectly well what the kings of Assyria have done whenever they, wherever they have gone. They have completely destroyed everyone who stood in their way. Why should you be any different? Have the gods of the people of Eden who were at Tel Asur, my predecessors, destroyed them all? What happened to the king of Hamath and the king of Arpad? What happened to the kings of Servaphirim, Hina, and Iva? After Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it, he went up to the Lord's temple and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed this prayer to the Lord. O Lord, God of Israel, you are enthroned between the mighty cherubim. You alone are God of all the kingdoms of the earth. You alone created the heavens and the earth. Bend down, O Lord, and listen. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Listen to Sennacherib's words of defiance against the living God." It is true, Lord, that the kings of Assyria have destroyed all these nations, and they have thrown the gods of these nations into the fire and burned them. But of course the Assyrians could destroy them. They were not gods at all, only idols of wood and stone shaped by human hands. Now, O Lord our God, rescue us from his power. Then all the kingdoms of the earth will know that you alone are Lord our God. Isaiah 37 When King Hezekiah heard their report, he tore his clothes and put on burlap and went into the temple of the Lord. And he sent Eliakim, the palace administrator, Shebna, the court secretary, and the leading priests, all dressed in burlap, to the prophet Isaiah, son of Amoz. They told him, this is what the King Hezekiah says. Today is a day of trouble, insults, and disgrace. It is like when a child is ready to be born, but the mother has no strength to deliver the baby. But perhaps the Lord your God has heard the Assyrian chief of staff. "'sent by the king to defy the living God "'and will punish him for his words. "'Oh, pray for those of us who are left.'" After King Hezekiah's officials delivered the king's message to Isaiah, the prophet replied, "'Say to your master, this is what the Lord says. "'Do not be disturbed by this blasphemous speech "'against me from the Assyrian king's messengers. "'Listen, I myself will move against him "'and the king will receive a message "'that he is needed at home. "'So he will return to his land "'where I will have him killed with a sword.'" Meanwhile, the Assyrian chief of staff left Jerusalem and went to consult the king of Assyria, who had left Lachish and was attacking Libna. Soon afterward, King Sennacherib received word that the king Tirka of Ethiopia was leading an army to fight against him. Before leaving to fight the attack, he sent messengers back to Hezekiah in Jerusalem with this message. This message is for King Hezekiah of Judah. Don't let your God, in whom you trust, deceive you with promises that Jerusalem will not be captured by the king of Assyria. You know perfectly well that the kings of Assyria have done whatever wherever they have gone. They have completely destroyed everyone who stood in their way. Why should you be any different? Have the gods of other nations rescued them, such nations as Gozan, Haran, Resphah, and other people of Eden who were at Telasar, My predecessors destroyed them all. What happened to the king of Hamath and the king of Arpad? What happened to the kings of Sevapharim, Hina, and Iva? After Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it, he went up to the Lord's temple and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed this prayer before the Lord. O Lord of heaven's armies, God of Israel, you are enthroned between the mighty cherubim. You alone are God of all the kingdoms of the earth. You alone created the heavens and the earth. Bend down, O Lord, and listen. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Listen to Sennacherib's words of defiance against the living God. It is true, Lord, that the kings of Assyria have destroyed all these nations, and they have thrown the gods of these nations into the fire and burned them. But of course the Assyrians could destroy them. They were not gods at all, only idols of wood and stone shaped by human hands. Now, O Lord, our God, rescue us from his power. Then all the kingdoms in the earth will know that you alone, O Lord, our God. 2 Chronicles 32. While King Sennacherib of Assyria was still besieging the town of Lachish, he sent his officers to Jerusalem with this message for Hezekiah and all the people of the city. This is what King Sennacherib of Assyria says, What are you trusting in that makes you think you can survive my siege of Jerusalem? Hezekiah has said, The Lord our God will rescue us from the king of Assyria. Surely Hezekiah is misleading you, sentencing you to death by famine and thirst. Don't you realize that Hezekiah is the very person who destroyed all the Lord's shrines and altars? He commanded Judah and Jerusalem to worship only at the altar at the temple and to offer sacrifices on it alone. Surely you must realize what I and the other kings of Assyria before me have done to all the people of the earth. Were any of the gods of those nations able to rescue their people from my power? Which of their gods was able to rescue its people from the destructive power of my predecessors? What makes you think your God can rescue you from me? Don't let Hezekiah deceive you. Don't let him fool you like this. I say it again. No God of any nation or kingdom has even yet been able to rescue his people from me or my ancestors. How much less will your God rescue you from my power? And Sennacherib's officers further mocked the Lord God and his servant Hezekiah, heaping insult upon insult. The king also sent letters scorning the Lord, the God of Israel. He wrote, Just as the gods of all the other nations have failed to rescue their people from my power, so the god of Hezekiah will also fail. The Assyrian officials who brought the letters shouted this in Hebrew to the people gathered on the walls of the city, trying to terrify them so it would be easier to capture the city. These officers talked about the god of Jerusalem as though they were one of the pagan gods made by human hands. Second Kings 19 Then Isaiah, son of Amoz, sent this message to Hezekiah. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I have heard your prayer about King Sennacherib of Assyria, and the Lord has spoken this word against him. The virgin daughter of Zion despises you and laughs at you. The daughter of Jerusalem shakes her head in derision as you flee. Whom have you been defying and ridiculing? Against whom did you raise your voice? At whom did you look with such haughty eyes? It was the Holy One of Israel. By your messengers you have defied the Lord. You have said, with my many chariots, I have conquered the highest mountains. Yes, the remotest peaks of Lebanon. I have cut down its tallest cedars and its finest cypress trees. I have reached its farthest corners and explored its deepest forest. I have dug wells in many foreign lands and refreshed myself with their water. With the sole of my foot, I stopped up all the rivers of Egypt. But have you not heard? I decided this long ago. Long ago, I planned it, and now I'm making it happen. I plan for you to crush fortified cities into heaps of rubble. That is why their people have so little power and are so frightened and confused. They are weak as grass as they were trampled as tender green shoots. They are like grass sprouting on a housetop, scorched before it can grow lush and tall. But I know you well, where you stay and when you come and go. I know the way you have raged against me. And because of your raging against me and your arrogance, which I have heard from myself, I will put my hook in your nose and my bit in your mouth. I will make you return by the same road on which you came. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Here is proof of what I say is true. This year you will eat only what grows up by itself, and next year you will eat what springs up from that. But in the third year you will plant crops and harvest them, and you will tend vineyards and eat their fruit. And you who are left in Judah, who have escaped the ravages of the siege— will put roots down in your own soil, and will grow up and flourish. For a remnant of my people will spread out from Jerusalem, a group of survivors from Mount Zion. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. And this is what the Lord says about the king of Assyria. His armies will not enter Jerusalem. They will not even shoot an arrow at it. They will not march outside its gates with their shields, nor build banks of earth against its walls. The king will return to his own country by the same road on which he came. He will not enter this city, says the Lord. For my own honor and for the sake of my servant David, I will defend this city and protect it. That night the angel of the Lord went out to the Assyrian camp and killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. When the surviving Assyrians woke up the next morning, they found corpses everywhere. Then King Sennacherib of Assyria broke camp and returned to his own land. He went home to his capital of Nineveh and stayed there. One day while he was worshipping in the temple of his own god Nishrash, his sons Adramelech and Sherezer killed him with their swords. They then escaped to the land of Ararat and another son, Irshadon, became the next king of Assyria. Isaiah 37 Then Isaiah, son of Imaz sent this message to Hezekiah. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Because you prayed about King Sennacherib of Assyria, the Lord has spoken this word against him. The virgin daughter of Zion despises you and laughs at you. The daughter of Jerusalem shakes her head in derision as you flee. Whom have you been defying and ridiculing? Against whom did you raise your voice? At whom did you look with such haughty eyes? It was the Holy One of Israel. By your messengers you have defiled the Lord. You have said, With my many chariots I have conquered the highest mountains, yes, the remotest peaks of Lebanon, I have cut down its tallest cedars and its finest cypress trees. I have reached its farthest heights and explored its deepest forests. I have dug wells in many foreign lands and refreshed myself with their water. With the sole of my foot, I stopped up all the rivers of Egypt. But have you not heard? I decided this long ago. Long ago I planned it, and now I'm making it happen. I planned for you to crush fortified cities into heaps of rubble. That is why their people have so little power and are so frightened and confused. They are as weak as grass, as easily trampled as tender green shoots. They are like grass sprouting on a housetop, scorched before it can grow lush and tall. But I know you well, where you stay and where you come and go. I know the way you've raged against me. And because of your raging against me and your arrogance, which I have heard for myself, I will put my hook in your nose and my bit in your mouth. I will make you return by the same road on which you came. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, here is the proof that what I say is true. This year you will eat only what grows up by itself, and next year you will eat what springs up from that. But in the third year you will plant crops and harvest them. You will tend vineyards and eat their fruit. And you who are left in Judah, who have escaped the ravages of the siege, will put roots down in your own soil and grow up and flourish. For a remnant of my people will spread out from Jerusalem, a group of survivors from Mount Zion. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. And this is what the Lord says about the king of Assyria. His armies will not enter Jerusalem. They will not even shoot an arrow at it. They will not march outside its gates with their shields nor build banks of earth against its walls. The king will return to his own country by the same road on which he came. He will not enter this city, says the Lord. For my own honor and for the sake of my servant David, I will defend this city and protect it. That night the angel of the Lord went out to the Assyrian camp and killed a hundred and eighty five thousand Assyrian soldiers. When the surviving Assyrians woke up the next morning, they found corpses everywhere. Then King Sennacherib of Assyria broke camp and returned to his own land. He went home to his capital of Nineveh and stayed there. One day while he was worshipping in the temple of his god Nishrash, his sons Ademirlech and Sherezer killed him with their swords. They then escaped to the land of Ararat, and another son, Irshadon, became the next king of Assyria. Second Chronicles 32 Then King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos. Cried out in their prayer to the God in heaven. And the Lord sent an angel who destroyed the Assyrian army with all its commanders and officers. So Sennacherib was forced to return home in disgrace to his own land. And when he entered the temple of his gods, some of his own sons killed him there with the sword. That is how the, the Lord rescued Hezekiah and the people of Jerusalem for kings, from King Sennacherib of Assyria and from all the others who threatened them. So there was peace throughout the land. From then on, King Hezekiah became highly respected among all the surrounding nations and many gifts for the Lord arrived at Jerusalem with valuable presents for King Hezekiah too.